Welcome to the Woot and Why NFL podcast, proudly brought to you by William Hill, where you'll find faster, easier betting on the NFL. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Woot and Why show. I am Josh Why and I'm joined on the line, as always, by Josh Woot. We're in the midst of a heat wave here in Sydney, Australia, and milk was a bad choice. What's going on, buddy? Why are you drinking milk? I don't know. Why? I don't know. I, I bought... There was two, two for six at the, at the petrol station on Dare Ice Coffees, so I doubled down. You know, you know have, you, have you tried this, uh, this new frozen oak? No, and I so desperately want to. Where do I get it? Well, apparently, like, the, the local uh, charcoal chicken place around the corner from my house is... All right. It has, uh, has brought it into town, and my brother is obsessed with it. Oh. And, yeah. So we'll ro- keeps raving about it. So we'll, rendez- we'll rendezvous in about six hours from now in the morning and uh, and uh, just line up for it, just devour it. Why, why not? Why, why not? not? And I say but, six hours but, from now because it is 12.30 and it's still like 35 degrees Celsius. <laughs> I uh, Speaking of heat, the night before was... Uh, the second night of the two hottest nights in 158 years in Sydney, and we felt it. We bloody felt it. And I was just, we were contemplating for Lunar Bowl. What do we wear? It's the first Lunar Bowl. We're not, we're not sure what to expect. Do we wear pants or shorts? And we were oh so wise. Oh, we look totally unprofessional, and we're going to get some polo shirts made for next year, and we might have some excess that we can probably hand out as prizes throughout the day and throughout the year for our various tournaments that we run, because you can't just order two polo shirts. Uh, we'll buy in bulk. But uh, shorts was such a wise decision. Um, yeah. Unbelievably uh, hot. Saying that, we may have looked unprofessional. I think we still look s- slick. But we, yeah. uh, it was a, it was a huge success. I, uh, enjoyed my Julio shirt for, for majority of the day. Um, and <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. But you mentioned, uh, you mentioned the Lunar Bowl and it was an overwhelming success. Uh, first ever Lunar Bowl. And it was an amazing day. Uh, the night before we, uh, we went out, we had drinks, uh, Sangria's was the, was the go-to of choice. It was hot the night before as well. Uh, yeah, such a manly drink. I don't know. The girls wanted sangria, and we uh, we just we just agreed. And uh, yeah, we'll go with that. That's what the girls wanted. Shout out to the botanist at uh, Milson's Point. Uh, fantastic evening. But he, oh, we had everything. Yeah, it was. I swear, we sampled the entire menu. It was it was phenomenal. Uh, and we walked in the entire North Sydney, uh, around North Sydney, looking for a venue, could not find anything, and. Uh, was thoroughly disappointed in that regard, but then on the way home, I don't know what we saw. Like, how many buses of just drunk Brazilians were there on a Sunday night at like nine thirty at night? I didn't understand what was going on. Yeah, it was, I just still don't know. I, I thought know maybe the Lunar Bowl tapped into the Brazilian, uh, you know, homosexual market because it was. It felt like Mardi Gras, but fortunately, n- not many of them were there the next day. No, which is unfortunate because I think the place would have been rocking. Yeah, it was already Even more rocking. rocking. Yeah, I know. Even more rocking, but those guys in that heat were having the time of their lives, and I, I still I need to know. I need to know. So if anyone knows what was going on Sunday night for for Brazilians to be running around North Sydney like that, please, please divulge. It was so random, but yes. Uh... The Lunar Bowl, it started off in the morning with uh, the Sailgate cruise. We didn't get to attend, but uh, a few friends of ours attended and and many others really enjoyed the Sailgate. Your beers at 8.30 a.m. in the morning, picturesque Sydney Harbour, sailing around, drinking beer, and then when you get off the boat, you're greeted by a marching band at the face of the iconic Lunar Park. The marching band walks you in towards uh, the Crystal Room where we hosted it this year, 
and you're given a bacon and egg roll and another beer upon arrival uh, into the room and, and found your table. And uh, that was just the beginning. And the rest of the game, it was just beers on tap for four and a half hours, a buffet with hot dogs, mac and cheese, hamburgers, wedges, just anything American. And, wings. Uh, oh, the Cheese wings. puff things, oh. those things. Jalapeno um, bite things. I don't know what the hell they were. Jalapeno poppers. Yeah, they were jalapeno nice. Jalapeno poppers. The, um, yeah, the Ludovol was not shy on trying to get you absolutely <laughs> sloshed. But... We're very responsible in the service of alcohol. We've got to, we've got to. It was, it was incredible. It was incredible. There were some um, slurry worded people. That's yep. as gently as I can put it. One on and... t- television on Sky News. So we even made, <laughs> we even made the news with our event. It was amazing. Yeah. The, the waiters and waitresses were just, they were great. They knew who was, who had too much, who was fine. But if you were, you know, even if you were halfway, they were. Pretty much, sir, would you like another one? And you're yes. like, well, yes, I would. And you were also pouring it into a custom Luna Bowl stein glass that you could Get take home as a souvenir. Yep. Uh, I can't say enough about... Terrific. Yeah, exactly. And I can't say enough about cores. Uh, they were fantastic. Uh, amazing hats and merchandise handed out. We... We got some swag, and I haven't. I've been wearing that hat ever since. I actually like. It. I think it might be my go-to hat now. I've replaced the cult hat. With well, that. I think it is my go-to hat because, as I said on the day, my head, right, my head it's is huge, a big head. Yes. Um, for many ego, reasons, including the ego. Oh wait, yeah, maybe not even def- including the ego. Not even including that. That's just how big it is without the ego. <laughs> but um, yeah, the hat fits me well. So yes, that and, doesn't happen too. And cause is delicious. My my girlfriend Emma, sorry, my fiance Emma, she actually had four beers. Never drunk a beer in her life. Just just downs four. Why? I don't know. Why? She she said it was better than the house wine. So uh, I want to know why is... she. Uh, I want to know why she hasn't had a beer till now. Uh, yeah, well, that's a totally different debate, and maybe it's for another. Uh, podcast later on in the sh- in the show going forward in the off season which we'll, we'll get to in a minute but uh, apart from all of that uh, we're on stage previewing the game uh, at first it looked like we were horribly horribly wrong but that all turned and, and the script sort of saved us so that's the one silver lining I guess uh, and the vibe in the place you know there was there was corporates and fans uh, hopefully next year we get a few more fans but the corporates do uh bring in the money and raise the money for Save Our Sons. We raised $3,000 for Save Our Sons. Uh, it's pretty cool to share the stage with some uh, NRL legends in uh, Anthony Minocello and Brian Fletcher as well, and uh, and the Radio Hub crew uh, did a fantastic job. So if you were at the Luna Bowl and, and want to give us feedback, please uh, shoot us an email, wootenwhite at gmail.com, because uh, we want to make Luna Bowl 2 even better, and we know there was a few things that we could do better next time and uh, and make the event even better uh, moving forward, and we've already had... Of course. We've already I mean, had 150 know. already guaranteed tickets for next year. Mate, it's, it's already on fire. That's why we're recording on a Thursday. The phones haven't... Well, your phone hasn't stopped ringing for four days. I've still been stuck in a... Fa- <laughs> I got locked in a Falcon's dungeon because I was wearing a Julio shirt, and I've only just emerged um, into this heat, and that's why we're recording at midnight because it would have melted any earlier. I, I'm just still I'll recovering. Tell you what. Uh, I'm just still recovering from... Uh, amount of um, golden amber liquid that was poured down my throat that day. <laughs> i tell you what, the Falcon's a, dungeon I was locked in was filling with tears. Day. I nearly drowned. I nearly drowned in there. These poor Falcons feds. Uh, Alright, so the show I going... Was in them. <laughs> the show going forward, uh, so we're going to take a break for like a week and a half. Uh, I know it's Thursday. We did plan to do this on a Tuesday, but you know, life happens, so get off our back, Dad. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're going to take a little bit of a break and then we'll come back with our usual off season, uh, content. So we'll probably start with Shane, uh, who does our salary cap stuff for us every year. And we'll talk about some salary cap casualties. We already had a couple today. Your boy, uh, Lotus McKelvin released by the Eagles who had a bad year. So you're probably uh, happy he's left and Sam Shields is gone as well. Which is just, yeah, Sam Shields is far more surprising than McKelvin, but... The talent's yeah, there, but the injury's just... its Since he signed that deal, he just hasn't been healthy. Uh, so lucky just, he did sign so the deal. It's It is, it is. It is very unfortunate. Uh, and then we'll have a, a, a plethora of draft guests and and, uh, and all sorts of stuff for free agency and the draft and uh, 
any other guests. So if you have any recommendations on who you'd like on the show, uh, we're going to try and get a few more players as well and some Aussie draft prospects this year. I don't think the class is as big as last year's, but uh, we'll try our best to uh, bring you a show every week up until uh, the NFL draft and then the start of the season will up the ante even closer. And for everyone that was in a fantasy league and won and our tipping comp winner, congrats to Pete Dixon, I think is the surname. He won our tipping comp, came down in the last game in the Super Bowl. So uh, he won the game, and he's our... Who did he tip in the Super Bowl? He tipped the Patriots. So, uh, yeah. He, that's what it came down to, and the other guy... I think so. I, I'm not sure. The, the points thing is a bit weird, but he waited till the end of the Super Bowl to tweet that he'd won it. So I, I was assuming that it was came down to that game, but he won the tipping comp, uh, and we've had some fantasy winners. Uh, our survivors, the last man standing winner, and then we've got to give Craig a, a prize for helping us with all our fantasy leagues this year. So stay patient, you guys. Now that we've got the week and a bit off, we can get that all sorted. Uh, we're busy as at the moment. Uh, before we get into recapping the Super Bowl, any final thoughts on anything? Could be anything, Josh. Animals, politics, uh, you know, uh, baseball, whatever. Uh, no, there's enough. There's enough chaos in the world um, for me to add more to it. Yep. So let's just rock the Super Bowl. Let's do it. It's showtime. All right, Super Bowl Fifty One. It's uh, you know, some are calling it the greatest Super Bowl ever. It's the first time we've ever had overtime in the Super Bowl, which we'll need to change the overtime rules. We'll get to that in a second. But the game itself, look, everyone watched it. We don't need to go play by play, quarter by quarter, but. The question really starts with, was it the greatest comeback or the greatest choke in Super Bowl history? Um, it can be both. Yeah. Like, I, I think it can be both I think, because... I think the greatest comeback doesn't happen in, unless you have the greatest choke, though. That's that's my exactly. only... Yeah. Exactly. There, there has to be some capitulation from the other team. It, it, it can't just be... I mean, obviously, in something like soccer... I guess it's more probable that the greatest comeback can just be the the other team. But then again, there always needs to be some kind of slip-up somewhere along the line for the, the goals to happen or the points to be scored in any sport. But yep. yeah, obviously there, there were slip-ups from the Falcons, but then again, like you can't take it away that the Patriots didn't take advantage of the mistakes. So. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and and for me, look, I've said that Brady was very lucky in this game, and that doesn't mean he's not great. Um, it's can't, it's not one or the other. Um, you know, to win a Super Bowl th- on any given year, from start to finish, it requires some sort of luck. Um, you require luck on a week to week basis, injury luck, uh, all sorts of stuff, uh, and overtime. You know, win the, winning the toss is luck. But there was a few plays in here where that ga- the game could have ended very, very easily. Obviously, we talk about the Falcons choking. We should start there. So it- it's such a shame that that Julio catch, which I think probably was the best catch in the game, um, it-, it went to waste. Nothing came of it. You know, they-, they deserved at least three points. So Julio deserved at least three points from that drive after that amazing catch. Edelman's catch was better than Julio's. <sighs> Edward's catch was very, very insanely lucky, but Julio, Julio's catch was, I don't know, like next level. It was alien-like. And after, it was, after, that was a whole body control thing from an actual just pure catching the ball. It was harder It was harder to catch Edelman's pass, but it was harder to obviously stay in bounds. So. I just think Julio's is far more athletic, but Edelman's... I don't know what it is for him to able to control a ball as well. It's not quite athleticism or focus, I guess. Uh, can I say? Can I say the MVP of the entire Super Bowl was the um, line judge that ran in and said that was a catch because that itself would have changed so much if he had said yeah. it, it wasn't. And then, oh, whew, I think knows? it was. Uh, might not have... uh, I think it was clear. Like it, it did not hit the ground. I don't think it was. In fast motion, it looked like that, but when you show the slow mo, it it it, it was clearly oh, yeah, not no, touching was, the ground. It clearly didn't, yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm, like the way Edelman was just like rolling on the ground and stuff, you're like that couldn't have been a catch, right? Like it's just insane. I don't know. Uh, we'll get to that play in a second, but Atlanta's next t- plays after the Julio catch. So Atlanta run the ball; it goes nowhere. So it's second and eleven. They draw up a pass play, under four minutes remaining on the clock. Extending the lead to two scores would have put the Patriots in an enormous hole, and it would have won the game. Uh, 
Was the him? Was the Julio catch just after that massive run by Freeman? Uh, there was a a run from Freeman. No, there was. It was a. It was a a was catch a script, and pass from Freeman. A yeah, lot of yards after catch. Yep. Thing, yeah, yeah. It was on the uh, the running back split back. Just went just went out and, and a, which sort was of like just, a curl. Which was a completely ballsy play, and it just it was. yeah, it was, it was, and that and at that point, you know, you've had these two plays. You need to come away with points in this drive. So you extend it to eleven points with under three minutes remaining because if you run the clock right down until the last second and then snap the ball and run it two more times, you've got just over three minutes, probably not even, around three minutes left and an 11-point lead. You you win this game, and Matt Bryant's been money all season. Like, you can't... I don't understand the play calling there. Just run it twice. I, I, it, I can't stop thinking about it. Just run the ball twice. Right. It doesn't a, even a make sense. Things, a few things, right? If that was made... You would have went, God damn, Shanahan, Ryan, so ballsy. I really respect the play. It's just like Del Rio this season. Cajones going for if it. If the pass play was completed, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it would have just been like, I, I freaking love that play. That was a great call. Not expecting it. Blah, 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 blah. And you can't say that, I don't know, like the Patriots, for example, they would have went, all right, we need this. I believe Tom can get it done. I mean, admittedly, Belichick would have run it, but he they if they would have tur- if they they would turn to their MVP. Ryan was MVP for a reason. He should be making the throw. Yeah, so I don't know, or at least you, getting you, the you or at least the, avoiding the sack. Yeah, exactly. Or throwing the ball. Just but that was that was but, also you know, dumb. When, when, but, you, when your team is up against it and the other team is rallying, you need to just guarantee these points. I I don't. I don't understand. And then in the in the lead up before that, you had a third and one, and you drop back to pass, and that's when the sack fumble happens, and and Devonte Freeman, whether rightly or wrongly, misses the Dante Hightower uh, pressure. Um, there's confusion over who to blame on that entire series, whether that was his uh, assigned duty or not, uh, is a totally different uh, matter. But you know, I just it's now twice in back to back Super Bowls where. Teams have failed to run the ball in key spots, and it's given Bill Belichick and Tom Brady two rings. We're loving it's it. Pretty, it's pretty insane. Like you know, plays not involving Tom Brady has, has helped him get two rings. But that's just the way that these Super Bowls happen. It's it happens all the time. And if it weren't for a helmet catch, he might have had one more. It's just it's just Super Bowl you know folklore now, and it's. It's crazy. Dan Quinn's been involved in two in both of these. He's been on the field and, and has given up these insane fourth quarter comebacks to Tom Brady and and failed to run the ball. I know it wasn't Quinn's fault in in the Seattle game, but he could have overruled Shanahan if he really wanted to. That that decision is 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 utterly baffling, and I just I don't understand him. Would you have run it like he could have picked up a first down with the way Devontae Freeman was running the ball as well? See, that's the thing. The two, the two, weren't the two runs before that stopped for like. Well, the, the first one went for negative one. It was second and eleven. Um, the issue was they they ran down the left side instead of running down the right hand side where Ryan Schrader had been dominating all game. Uh, but you know that's that's just uh, that's just it. But even if you even if that one goes for negative one, you still still got like a thirty six yard attempt, and Matt Bryant's been hitting them all season. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, oh. so that that's like the first thing, and then the second thing is this Edelman catch. He he, which was essentially the Tyreek catch for the Patriots that they'd never had. Except uh, Tyreek's, you know, Eli Manning's pass didn't actually hit the hands of a defensive back that should have been picked off. That hits. That was a perfectly thrown pass to Robert Alford, who plainly dropped the interception that would have ended the I game. Think, I think you're making it seem far easier I, than it actually I, is. I watched it again, and Robert Alford should have come down with that ball. Well, how many passes should the receivers have caught during the game? No, I'm not just saying, but this is a crucial moment. Robert Alford and, and Brady threw that into triple coverage, and it, and it and it got and he got lucky, but it happened. And Edelman caught the ball, but Robert Alford, if he caught that, he's Super Bowl MVP. Two picks and a fumble, he's Super Bowl MVP, but unable to catch the ball. The other two safeties unable to get a hold with, it, and it's Julian Edelman. The guy is a 
is a, a royal pain in the behind, but uh, it just seems to make these plays and just comes up big in these games. It's people overlook how good he is because he's small and white, but man, he's just he's just a hell of a player. Yeah, it's uh, he's definitely surpassed Wes Welker in oh, my opinion. Oh, now he's infinitely better than I think Wes Welker, especially which which you didn't think at the time. No, you you were. Uh... No wonder Brady was uh, when, peeved that Welker was gone, but now mate, he's found a German Edelman. Yeah, he he was phenomenal. Uh, that pass was, you know, the ability to, to bring down with that was just uh, just crazy focus and uh, pretty much won them the ball game. All the momentum just just swung from there. But when you really look at that, that's a bad throw into triple coverage. It should have been intercepted. Yeah, mate, well, if, you know, if Horford could pull that off. But, you know, at saying that, there was, there was pressure on Brady. He needed to get, like, he needed to make a play. He needed to throw oh, it somewhere. You exactly. Had, you had to throw it there. I know, exactly. And look, you're not going to blame him if, if it does come down with a, with a pick because he's, he's, he's coming back from 28-3 down. Like, you're going to throw picks when you're down two plus scores. It happens. If you look at quarterbacks, most of their interceptions are, when they're throwing themselves out of a hole, and you know sometimes you get lucky. Um, I've always said that dropped interceptions should be a, a statistic because they don't really come up in the history books. But that was a that was a, a bad throw, and he got away with that one. But then he uh, he rallied from that from that lucky break and didn't really make any other mistakes. Pretty much for the rest of that the game. That was essentially that was essentially like he needed to get that one. He needed that one throw to be lucky. And it was, you know, Edelman did come down with it. But then, besides that, in the fourth quarter, it was flawless. Yeah, the rest, yeah, exactly. The rest of the, the rest of the throws after that were, yeah, he didn't make any other the, mistakes. The one, the one throw to Hogan to the right, I think, was the, wait, it was, I think, wait, was it Hogan? He had a I throw. Was, he had like, a throw on third down before that, where it was third and nine from your own, like inside your own red zone, and he and he threw it to Hogan. Uh, it might have been Amendola for the first down. That was. Probably uh, his best throw of the drive. I know everyone's going to talk the Edelman catch, but when you actually look at yeah. the throw, that was his best throw, and and that could. There was also. I yeah. think was, was it the throw? Was the blah, 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 blah. was there a throw to Did uh, stutter? Bennett over the top as well. That that was yep. pretty. And and Bennett as well. You know, you you could go back into the second quarter after he threw the pick six. Bennett intercepts pretty much. Brady, one of Brady's passes because it got tipped by someone and, and nearly got picked off again, and 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 Bennett snatched it in the air. Uh, so there's some some lucky breaks in this game, and uh, you know, so and you know, so I love how we're saying lucky breaks. But no, but, but, but you you make your own luck at the end of the day, and and as you said, like he was flawless for the rest of the rest of the game, and I, I guess maybe the the throw to to Bennett before the the ensuing touchdown, Vic Beasley got a hand on it. I think some say he could have picked it off. When you when you go back and watch it, it was it would have been an the most sorry was this was this the was this the fade in the back right yeah right? if if he had come down with that that would have oh, been the most God. insane interception i've ever seen but i, yeah, I don't think the, i don't yeah i don't it. yeah i don't think that was a uh, interceptable pass but um it wasn't a very good decision to throw the ball a fade like that though i i don't know who called that made me mcdaniel's but you just run the ball like james white have been killing it all day you should have just run it first and one for, like, uh, it would have been very ironic if if he threw a pick after what you know the, how their last Super Bowl had gone. Yeah, that would have been that would have broken the internet, I think, at this point. Um, all right, so we've mentioned you know all of that sort of craziness in the last sort of five and a half minutes, but then we get to overtime, and the Patriots win the coin flip and elect to receive. And for me, when you look at these two offenses, whoever won the coin flip was going to win the game. Although what we haven't mentioned is how good the Patriots' defense played. Since after the Falcons sort of first scoring drive in the third quarter, they had six more possessions and they came up with zero points. So full it was like ninety to forty in plays total in the game. Yeah, which was just incredible. So, so the Falcon, the, the <clears throat> Patriots' defense, and all the talk is on the offense and their rally back, but they had to make had to make stops and they came up with a turnover and the sack fumble. But they held Atlanta scoreless on like five straight possessions, which is a tough ask to do when. That offense had been scoring points all game, uh, all year, really, on teams. So to do that is a is a phenomenal effort. But in saying that, the well, over- yeah. Well, in regard, like this is how the whole game went to me. Essentially, the, both both teams didn't play. 
even though Patriots, you know, only put up three in the entire first half, it wasn't like they played horribly in the first half. LeGarrette Blount did the fumble, which was, you know, obviously that was kind of a momentum killer. They still had extremely long drives. And that that was sort of unlucky because Blount hadn't fumbled it in forever. And, exactly. you know, the Falcons hadn't forced a turnover in forever as well. So that really stunted momentum. Yeah, and it just it just didn't turn into points where their throws, there was plenty of dropped passes um, from Brady to receivers that just, you know, fell incomplete. There was some also that were, uh, you know, overthrown slightly or whatever. But that mm. was that was pretty much down to how... Well, Atlanta's pass rush was earlier. The the pass great rush was Jared. great. It was always it was always in he was always in Tom's face yep. and just forcing him to throw it. And it, like there and that were was the receivers getting open, but they were just slightly off, like by half a meter or so. So I mean, there was that. And then on the other side, Atlanta were just they were just making every throw. There was it was just everything was coming off, and all the th- all the passes just wide receivers were just making plays in the first half, essentially. Atlanta were making plays and the Patriots wide receivers were just missing them. And then, so essentially in the second half, well, third quarter at least, it slowly started to turn. It was still happening, but it slowly started to turn. But by the fourth quarter, you could tell that Atlanta's, Atlanta's defense were on the field for so long. They started to get gassed. Oh man, they were so and tired. They were so tired, but like that's what happens. That's mm. the only exactly. that was the only method of attack the Patriots had. They didn't have Gronkowski, so they couldn't do you know the long stretch seams up the middle. Yeah. They had to they had to just use their. They just uh, moved straight guys. into slants, and they just had Edelman, Hogan, and and uh, Amendola just running slants, and like Paul, Alfred, and and Co just could not keep up because they were just gassed, um, and they exactly. you struggle to keep up with them at the best of times. I know, and like shout out to those wide receivers because, mate, like playing ninety to forty plays or whatever, and still having that much energy at the end of the game is yep. just—they were running on pure adrenaline. They must have been, but oh, when it got to that point, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, in a month it comes out that they're all just juiced up. Yeah, but um, <laughs> juice gate. Don't quote us. No, but yeah, and then by that time, obviously the pass rush had eventually slowed down because you know just it. Just finding that energy to rush Brady every throw, and then he st- he was getting the ball off quicker because there was more space for the wide receivers because the defensive backs were obviously more tired, and it just it just become easier. It's just, I mean, what do you, what do you like at the end of the day? What do you expect from these defenders that were on the field for yeah, so long? Exactly. They were so tired. It it yeah it did change momentum and uh, look Matt Ryan played great uh, I I think he played better yeah. when you really look at the numbers played played better than Tom Brady uh, and the numbers sort of suggest that but unfortunately they didn't get the job done when it really counted and he took he took those sacks in the fourth quarter that you know that they, they don't affect your your passing numbers at all so that um, obviously if, affects that but when you look at the overall performance you don't take those sacks um, you know Tom Brady probably wouldn't have taken those sacks would have thrown it away or. Or, or tried to you know tried a little bit better to make a play and and Matt Ryan's not the most mobile quarterback so that always sort of hampers things a little bit you you're not Russell Wilson where you can sort of because Tom Brady's oh he I don't know he's <laughs> he's I don't know at 39 he's never been better in the pockets pretty crazy but uh, where, where were we overtime his little run was just so unexpected <laughs> yeah true two and a half yards was the uh, over under and Brady yards should have taken the over all right uh, obviously overtime. Like the NFL MVP, and congrats to Matt Ryan, and congrats to my bank balance uh, on that, uh, just backing him all year. Uh, you know, the overtime rules need to change because Matt Ryan, the NFL MVP, does not touch the ball in overtime. And it, that, for me, that's farcical. And I I don't want to change it every week, like on a week-to-week basis, because I know playing an entire fifth quarter is just inhumane on the body on a week-to-week basis and, and backing up. But when you're in the playoffs and you when you're in the Super Bowl... I think you know you take a small break, like a a little bit, a little bit of an extended you know break, as in between quarters, and you come out and you play 15 minute period, and whoever has the most points at the end of that period wins the game. Like I don't understand how that can't be a thing, mate. To be honest, I've like, I've definitely te- both teams should have a chance of possession. Like yeah. I've always been for that, but in all sports, it's always going to come down to something that yeah. It's just 
but you know, like, well, like, like, as if, like, I, I know I've made a soccer reference already, but like penalties in soccer, it's like as if penalties actually decides who's the better team on yeah, the day. Exactly. Like that's just, it, it's stupid. But at the same time, a game has got to be decided at some point. Exactly. And, if it's, and but in well, this game, well, the Patriots led for zero seconds in that game, and they won. They weren't the better team. Like the better team gotta, was the Falcons. Gotta, they you laid for it on the, start on the to other finish. side of it. On the other side of it, the Falcons led the whole game and didn't win. <laughs> I know exactly. Like all of this, all of this talk about the overtime, about the Edelman catch, is just mute if they just run the ball and kick the field goal. The game's open. All, all of this chatter right now is just <laughs> if if they just run the damn ball and kick the field goal. All of this is. Just rendered mute. It, it it is just utter pointless conversation and chit chat because it does not matter and it would never have happened. So we wouldn't be having this conversation if Kyle Shanahan just decided to run the damn ball. But I still think people keep bringing up the college rules. I don't like the college rules where you just start at the twenty. I prefer you start at the twenty-five and each team does get the ball rather than the college rules where you start at the twenty because you know, like, not all teams are built to be like you know. Both these teams are offenses, so whoever was going to win the toss was going to win the game. Not all teams are built on having a great defense. You know, some teams are built just purely on their offense or purely on their defense. So, it's saying that if the Falcons won the toss, it had been six straight drives since they'd scored anything, right? Yeah, but they they would have had some time to to really draw up some things. I, I don't know. I I still think that if they if they really had the the, the guts, they would have done it. But then again, you know, Ryan Schrader did get injured, and Alex Mack was on his last legs. Hell of an effort from him, though. Like, in the first court, first three quarters on a broken leg, he was opening up holes for Devontae Freeman um, yeah. on a broken leg. So huge kudos to him. And um, losing Ryan Schrader and Tevin Coleman really hurt. Like, obviously, in that situation, having split backs out there on the field would have helped Maybe on that pass down, you could have, you know, floated a screen out wide for Coleman and, and, and picked up some yards with his speed, but the injuries really, really hurt. But, you know, who would have thought in a game involving Dion Lewis, Tevin Coleman, Devontae Freeman, LeGarrette Blount, but that James White would be the, the best one on the field on the, on the day? 20 touches, 140 yards, and three touchdowns. He should have been MVP, right? Well, we said before the, before the, before the game that it, um, the biggest, X factor, well, not X factor, but the we said that the when essentially breaking down the two teams that Belichick was like he was the kind of the difference maker that you know he he's been there before kind of thing he would you know find pull some play out of the bag or that kind of thing. Who expected James White to get the ball that much? It's just totally. Just totally unexpected. I expected really. the I running mean, I... backs too. I didn't expect it to be James White. We know how much Brady loves his running backs in the passing game in the Super Bowl. Shane Vereen, you know, for example. But I, I wasn't expecting James White at all. Yeah. No, like we, I expected Dion Lewis to get the ball far, far more. Especially like, and I mean, he got hurt late on, but that was that was real late. At that stage, like he could have had the ball. You know, that was the times, it was ex- but... it was actually the last play of regular of. Uh, yeah, of uh, regulation time that Dion Lewis got injured. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that was hilarious. By the I, way, I know he's fine, they, so we can I, laugh I, about I, it now. But yeah, I know. I definitely think they. I don't know half half the game. Every time you watch one of the James White plays, Falcons just look like I can't believe you gave it to him again. Like the whole defense is like even for the even for the final touchdown play, you can tell they're just like you gave it to James White because they're all kind of standing there like. I don't know. It's just like they're all mm. just stuck in the mud, and they all just like, "What the hell?" Yeah. I think that was just. I really think they're all expecting Brady to throw it. I mean, and you, you can't you can't blame him, I guess, because yeah. I mean he'd been money up until that point. So I don't know. Except for a pick six, a drop pick six, and another dropped interception. But anyway, <laughs> you know, he was great. Uh, anyway, some other unsung heroes in this game. Super Bowl MVP, Tom Brady. Uh, thank you. Uh, some other unsung heroes in this game. Obviously, all the focus is been on Tom Brady, but Trey Flowers obviously had a huge game, um, and Dante Hightower. It seems like he makes a play every year. He made that tackle on Lynch in the Super Bowl. It stopped him at the one. Um, Who needs Collins? Yeah. Well, I'm sure they would have loved him on some of those uh, Devonte Freeman runs early, but he he is. It's so weird. I don't see him as like this fast linebacker, but it, 
because he's built so solidly, but he is so quick. It's crazy. Uh, but for the Falcons, obviously, we mentioned Robert Alford. Uh, he he did have a good game despite dropping that uh, you know, pick in the uh, fourth quarter, which would have sealed the victory for the Falcons and, and won the game. But Grady Jarrett had a, a monster day. He's, he's, I think he's the third player to have multiple sacks on Tom Brady in a game in, in history. So uh, that's um, a pretty cool accomplishment. And he showed himself you know, to be a fully grown man in this game. Can't believe he went in the fifth round. That's insane. Man, some of the best players, some of the best players nowadays are all, all, they all seem to be going late. They all just seem to be yeah. these hidden gems that Trey no Flowers, one believes in. Vic Ballard. Yep. Henry Anderson. You know, some of the greats. <laughs> All right, uh, you know, any other thoughts on on this game before we move to some, you know, the the bigger topics of the game, you know, as in like Lady <laughs> um, Gaga and prop bets, but, you know. Oh, uh, I did miss Collinsworth. Yes. I felt, By I, the way, I felt the, the Lunar Bowl had it, the ESPN it, coverage. It wasn't actually Buck and Aikman. It was the world feed, so it was like, uh, it wasn't actually Buck and Aikman. Yeah, so, I mean, I think... It definitely needs Collingsworth and uh, yeah, Al Michaels. They they just they just make it for me. Al, they just make it for me. Al Michaels would have shared his disappointment in Lady Gaga robbing the punters with all these props, which we'll get to in a second. But you know, he would have shared the pain. He would have he would have been a man of the people in that moment. He would have you know empathised with everyone that backed you know Poker Face to be the first song and, and was unable to get a winning from it. Uh, you know, just a farce. Uh, he would have he would have empathized with us all, and I want to say, speaking of empathy, is we had these two Falcons fans from Atlanta at the Lunar Bowl in Sydney. They'd come down from from Atlanta. They lived, I think, like they said, two hours out of you know out of you know, the you know Atlanta in, in where they where they get the Georgia Dome, two hours away from the Georgia Dome. So similar to us, the outskirts of the of the major city, but. They'd come down here to watch Bruce Springsteen, and uh, they found out that the Lunar Bowl was the hottest ticket in town. And for three quarters of this game, they were they were loving life, and they were sort of elderly, and it was amazing. And you know, we spoke to them, and you know, it was fun. And my heart goes out to them because you know they would have they've never seen their team win, and it would have been amazing. Is it because you jinxed him? Do you feel guilty because you jinxed him? A little bit, but I'll give him credit. He we gave him the fifty dollar Ladbrokes uh, voucher and said, you know, put a bet on. Um, you know, who's going to score the first touchdown in the second half? And the guy goes, Tevin Coleman. And apparently he put it on. $50 at 21 at $11. Sorry, he won 500 bucks. Um, you know, it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. Silver dollar, lining. Dollar bills, y'all. Yeah, silver lining. Um, but, you know, my heart goes out for them and, and other hard-suffering Falcons fans who, uh, you know, it's tough to get, it's tough to get into Super Bowl only two in their franchise history and now, uh, you know, you're going to keep wondering what if, what if they run the ball, what if, and it's it's something to eat at. What would you do if that was your team, Josh? In that How situation, would you react? Yeah, like if if Philly did that in the Super Bowl, just um, threw it away instead of just running it out and, and taking the points and, and sealing the victory. Like well, I, I mean, don't, I don't even, I can't. To be honest, to be honest, right? It, it seemed common sense to get rid of the ball. It did, but it, you shouldn't be putting your quarterback in that situation to begin with. Like you, you just run the ball twice, like. Every single logical point in the playbook says run the damn ball, milk the clock. Who knows, man? It could it could have been it could have been Matt Ryan's decision. He could have said no. You know, well, it, he he said after the game that that was his play. That was the play call from above, and he wanted to run the ball. Um, you know, he could have audible if he really wanted to, but uh, you know, that's it's it's something that's going to be uh, spoke about and spoke about and spoke about. But you know, for me, if if the Colts did it, I don't know how I would move on. I know it's football and it's only sport, but it's just baffling. I wonder how Seattle fans still think about, you know, whether they should have run it in from the one. <laughs> what, what do you reckon's worse? Not running it in from the one or, or the Falcons choking? Oh, Seahawks is way worse. Yeah? Way I'm to put it on a poll because I reckon recency bias, people will think Atlanta's choked because they were already in front, whereas Seattle had, were behind sort of thing, but I don't know. They, they had what? 30 seconds left, and they, they had Marshall 20, and Lynch from Yeah, the they line. had 23 That's seconds and a timeout as well. Seahawks are still miles far and beyond. Do you know what was funny as well after that is trying to watch Brady kneel out the clock with, like, inches from the end zone, like, not to give up a safety was some of the funniest things. Like, it's the biggest platform in sports, and we had to watch 
like just men just slide on the field. <laughs> It, it's you don't see that extra footage when you go back and watch it, but I, was, I watched that the other day and I was like, "What is? <laughs> oh, you forget about that." But anyway, I uh, mentioned Lady Gaga. Uh, you know, she robbed the punters uh, with the props, just absolutely, just destroyed us. But <laughs> halftime show, where does it rate for you in in recent history? Um, above Katy Perry. His uh, butt. I, I don't know. As I gotta a, start doing She's pretty. She's bang on. Pretty amazing. She's pretty amazing. Like she just she absolutely gave it her everything. She you know spiked a disco ball, which was pretty <laughs> crazy. Was yeah. it a, even a disco ball? I don't even know. I don't know what it was. But uh, what yeah, about the was, way she was, jumped off the roof the, yeah, and the she fact was like, you jump off the ceiling. Yeah, but what just, about the style she did it where it looked like she was like I don't know. She was kind of. She definitely. She, she looked like a spider a little bit. Way. She had to jump off that way for safety, and then sure. what? Do you, what else are you gonna do? You can't. <laughs> you can't turn it into anything else. So she she it made the most it, of whatever. It was, it, that was my only qualm was the way she. And it's funny. There's so many vines. Well, not vines now because they're dead. Rest in peace, vines. Oh, one of the saddest. <laughs> Miss, you know, people don't talk about the death of vines from 2016 when they talk about celebrity deaths like vine, like huge. Um, you know, but there's video of, of that and, and plenty of memes involving that jump, which uh, have provided much entertainment. It's not left shark, but uh, in terms of Gaga on her own, just uh, banger after banger, uh, I thought she was great. Yeah, no, and if, if, like all, all the choreography and everything, look at us, look, look at us talking about Lady Gaga. Well, we're like, talking about the big experts. issues, like stuff the game. I like, know, <laughs> but uh, it was, it was just... If we keep no, talking about the game, was, I'll start crying. Um, it was a banger. Yeah, it was bang on. Uh, I have. I apologize. I apologize for rubbing it in your face at the time. I was too. I was by, too by the way, like you know, I get heat for you know not being a, a, a Patriots enthusiast, but throughout this game, I kept saying, "This isn't over. This isn't over." And you kept telling me to shut up. And guess who was right? Was, and I uh, wanted to be so so wrong, but I was I was trying to reverse jinx it, but it ended up, and I was just like, "Oh my god." Say. Saying this right, I think I didn't. I didn't doubt that Belichick and Brady would start like would put points on. It was more the fact that Falcons just would imploded. continue to yeah. would can no would continue to put points on and just put it too far out of reach. I just thought, like like we said, all they needed was like three more points and to make the gap that little bit bigger, yeah. and then essentially like it was just unassailable. So it wasn't. Plus, it's just it's like it's not crazy to think that when it got when it got to um 16 points then you know you started to believe a little bit yep. and then once it was eight you're just like they're gonna score they're gonna they're gonna tie this thing up yeah just uh just insane by the way people tweeting me when i say you know the patriots are lucky i'm not again i'm not saying that they're not great you can it's they're not there's not a scenario where you can only be one or the other. It, you know, it's inherent in in a lot of things. Okay. Uh, all right. Prop bets. Uh, no lacrosse mention. I'm sorry, Woot. Hogan Hogan didn't really make any insane players that that warranted uh, some sort of. Uh, I know. I swear, However, if Collinsworth or Gruden so, did it, they would have mentioned I, it for exactly, sure. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So I've watched it back. Right. So we got it. I watched it at the Lunar Bowl. I've watched two condensed versions, and then I've watched the entire thing through just in case maybe I heard the cross in the background. But <laughs> and then I was going to go straight to the bookies and just be like, move "Did on. you hear that guy screaming out?" Yeah, just move on. No, but anyway, watching it with the whole commentary and everything, it just lacked. It just really lacked. Like, I, I, are you saying Joe Buck I, doesn't have personality? No, <laughs> no, but Collinsworth and stuff—they just. It didn't. I tell you what, man. I would have said lacrosse. Like, whoa, winding back the lacrosse days. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Like, you would have said something, and then like, yeah. it just would have been. The, I don't know. The problem more... is now the commentators are too woke. They're aware of all the props. They're aware of everything. And I swear, Joe Buck did it to mess with the bookmakers with his tie. He wore a checkered tie, so they had to pay out on red, blue, and white, and just cost cost Vegas books a fortune. Uh, so, you know, I think they're too aware now. So can you remind me next year not to bet on stupid markets like that? Like, I swear we're smarter than that. But... Uh, so, me too. But saying saying that, all like I'm just going to go flat out and just 
bet on the most high stake things because I mean for Brady to throw over forty one passes was paying twenty something dollars. There was always there was the sack total which was three and a half, which recently has always gone over. Then there's the whole um the whole two point conversion thing, would there be one of those which was paying good money yep. as well? Then there was two of them. Do you know what Overtime. The worst part about the Pats winning? No Gatorade bath, because like, Bill's just had that, too many now. They're just bored of them. They're like, all right, this is boring. Do you know what's funny? It got to a point when I was like, I saw I saw Belichick and thought, my God, what color was the Gatorade? But it was just sweat. Yeah. He, he was just that sweaty at the time. <laughs> oh, well, anyway. I still wonder what color the Falcons would have had. I still think red. I just... Now well, that I you think know what? about it, they, they kept showing they kept showing um, Brady drinking out of uh, a Gatorade bottle that had uh, that was like clear. So I don't know. It was probably it probably wasn't Gatorade, but and uh, under on the anthem. I'm sorry, bro. I let you down. Uh, country sing. He was terrible. So uh, please don't do that again. <laughs> it was no Gaga. Put, yeah. he, he won't. He won't be performing. Does, at Ga- does Gaga have the record? Now? Does Gaga hold like? Is she now the best anthem and best halftime act? Does she have both? I don't think she's. I, I'm still think I don't know Bruno Mars' first halftime was amazing, which is crazy. I don't know what it is about Bruno on the drums that still has me. Like I wasn't a huge screaming. Bruno. Like I was like a Bruno Mars denier before the Super Bowl, but his first Super Bowl performance, like I feel like he was just built for, to be the Super Bowl oh, yeah. halftime show. Exactly. I was kind of just like, oh, Bruno Mars, just like this guy who, you know, whatever. And now I own all these albums. It was crazy. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, well done, Bruno. So I think, yeah, I think Gaga's the best anthem and Bruno best halftime show. Uh, any other props we missed out on? Props we missed out on? Yeah. Um, I got I got one up on Aust- Austin Hooper. Oh, uh, yeah. Tevin Coleman nice. only caught one and it was a touchdown pass and then he got it hurt. Um, so that didn't help me. Freeman... Barely caught any as well because they just, yeah, they they didn't even throw the ball that much and they still put up points. It was pretty, it's pretty weird game. Uh, like, to that, say that's the, least. the like thing. A, it was a crazy game, but it was weird. How many third downs did Atlanta have? Like four. One. <laughs> oh, really? One third down. They got they completed one of. Oh, eight. you completed. They completed one. I was gonna say, how do you mean they only had one? Like I can think of three where they botched, but. Anyway, and, and they they only got thirteen first downs. It's pretty crazy. And the Patriots and they scored twenty eight points. Sorry, sorry, sorry. 16, 16 first downs, which okay. is just ridiculous. so they had more points than first down. Yep, it's nuts. Well, saying saying that they had, they, then they got one more from a penalty, and then um, Patriots had more than double first downs. It was just it was just a weird game considering how many points Atlanta put up yeah. with what they had. Big, big plays. I tweeted during the week, the more you know about this game, the the less you know. And I, I feel like we should just tweet that out every Super Bowl week. Because the more you read into it, the more you don't know. Like, I mean, we'll write on a few things, like Grady Jarrett and things like that, but you, you just never expected it to go the way it played out. Uh, last thing, uh, before we get on to some other stuff, Brady's jersey stolen. Uh, who should the top suspects, you know, apart from me, uh, be? Uh-huh. <laughs> Roger? I don't know. I want to know who gets access to the locker room at the end. Apparently some guy Instagrammed himself holding the jersey up. Really? Yeah, and then there's a report today that the Texas Rangers, despite everyone saying that they were going to hunt down and find who did it, they said that they have more important matters to to do with, like, you know, finding murderers and and killers and and things like that, which I get. That's probably far more important than uh, Tom Brady's Super Bowl jersey, but still, it's it's pretty, like, yeah, he's still the guy's jersey. I know, that's, like, whoever did that to just... After he just stole all the Falcons' hearts, you know. I know, but, like, you... you, What? It doesn't have any... Like, it... You might be... You may be a Patriots fan, and you can always bring it out and be like, hey, look, thousands of people are after me for this. But then, like, essentially, what are you going to do with it? You just... You can't sell it or anything. Like, it... No, exactly. It's priceless. What are you going to do? If you try to sell it, you get caught. I know, but, like, saying that, it's just... That that deserves to be in a museum or something like that. That jersey wouldn't be yeah. sold unless it was second for best quarterback in the Super Bowl. No, um, <laughs> here's a conspiracy theory. I'm trying to I'm trying to get one that can get me into your club. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right, Roger Goodell has taken the jersey. <laughs> you ready? Hold on. 
This is an off-season. Oh, leave it, leave it. You're in. No, no, okay, like that. cool. But no, no, no. Here's an off-season narrative. He writes to Tom. Tom, I have your Super Bowl jersey. All I want from you is a written confession, saying that you did deflate footballs and were aware and took part in Spygate, and then I will give you your jersey back. What do you reckon? So, Roger gets vindicated. I, 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 I would personally love it if you started sending him pieces of the jersey. <laughs> like, <laughs> like an ear in the mail. Oh, do you know what I'd yeah, love? No. If he, like, travelled around the world with it and just took photos, like, on roller coasters uh, or climbing <laughs> Mount Everest or, like, sitting it on a banana chair in the Bahamas and just, like... <laughs> that would be or funny. Or at the Lunar Bowl next year. Yeah, exactly. You know, that, would be, that would be amazing. Uh, and... No, I don't want to see Goodell. You know, all right, say... This is a question, right? I know Trump is very, very hated, but percentage-wise, nearly everyone hates Goodell, right? Yes. As a percentage, more people hate Goodell than Trump, yeah? Yes. I don't know anyone that just comes out and goes, oh, Goodell's been good. Yeah. I don't know how he's around. I don't know how he's around. We'll add that to the poll uh, as well after the show. We'll, We'll post all these tomorrow morning. So Goodell or Trump, who's more hated? Uh, and we also had what? What's the bigger choke? You're not running it from the one, and uh... or Hillary. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. Um, you know, Seattle's one or uh, Atlanta's failure to to go up by eleven. Uh, so what was the other poll? I swear we had one more. Anyway, I don't know. All good. All right, uh, Patricia shirt. I know you tweeted about that today, and you loved it. Mate, just got me rolled up. I just, I, I, I'm a firm believe that Goodell's just, I mean, like with most people, that Goodell's just got to piss right off. But, uh, <laughs> sorry, like he's one of my most hated people. The guy's, the guy's putrid. But, he, Patricia, I, I was saying before the game that I started to really like Patricia. And, uh, he looks like a smooth, guy, but it's cool. He, <laughs> I don't know why he keeps saying that. He does. He, all, he, he all, is what I imagine a smurf built, would look like. All solidly built. Men with facial hair are there. It's his face. His face is a little bit smushed. It's cool. Anyway, yeah, no, he's uh, especially when he has the pencil in the ear. Then he looks even more like a Smurf. Like you know the the Smurf, the handyman Smurf, the one that always helps with the mushroom maintenance and all that sort of stuff. (laughs) I'm down. (laughs) All right, uh, all right. So you know, what on to the New England Patriots? Champions again, uh, albeit lucky or not. Uh, but Falcons, well done on getting there. And this time last year, they were a, a 67 or 76, depending on where you shopped, shot to win the Super Bowl. So, hey, your... mate, I had them. I had them going far, real far. Yeah, in the NFL draft, top five. Um, <laughs> and that's fine. I had you know the the year Washington made the uh, the uh, playoffs. You know, two seasons ago, I had them going on 16. So, you know, we're, we're rolling. Um, all right, and so that's why we love this show, is now let's look at Super Bowl LII, uh, 52 winner. So let's look here. The Pats are at $7, Falcons at 11 Green Bay, Denver, Dallas at 13 Denver at 13 is baffling. Uh, all right, mm-hmm. Seattle at 15 Pittsburgh at 15 The Giants, Raiders... At 17, Texans, Chiefs, and Colts at 21s. Vikings, Panthers, and Ravens. Sorry, Vikings and Panthers at 26. Ravens, Cardinals, and Buccaneers at 34s. Dolphins, Eagles, Lions, Redskins at 41. Bengals. Jeez, get on those Eagles. <laughs> Bengals and Titans at 51. Chargers, Bills, and Saints at 67. And then everyone else is 100. Plus here in the Bears, Jags, Jets, Rams, 49ers, and Browns. All of those brought to you by William Hill Australia, who have been our uh, betting partner all year long, and we thank them for that. So looking at all those odds, you know, the Falcons were a long shot, and they made the Super Bowl. Is there a, is there a long shot right now? Obviously, we've still got the draft and things to go, but you know, out of all those prices, is there someone that stands out to you as possibly, you know, they're a draft away or a, a free agent or two away and, and represent good value? Um, I don't know. <laughs> It, it, it's, it, Thanks, know, it, it's pathetic. It's pathetic. <laughs> it is. It is but, pathetic. Um, but, I Big mean, golden pony boy. I, I, I don't know. Honestly, like we were, we were talking about up how good the Chargers were. And I, then, I, I mean, still like they, them. I can't believe this. The Chargers, the Chargers 
that is crazy to me. But anyway, I like I don't see them winning the Super Bowl, but who knows? Like like you said, Atlanta, they could they could go far. The- I to be honest, if it, I don't think Atlanta stand a chance next season. I can see some sort of Carolina like uh, you know hangover season, but it wouldn't shock me if they're not like it, the range. They, they 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 will be they will be right on. I mean, their division isn't super strong. Like Carolina, you, you thought were really good, and they could they could easily just bounce back. But at the same time, like they had a poor season this year, so. Yeah, know. but Tampa, we'll Tampa's trending in the right direction. Um, the Saints, you know, with Drew Brees, is always a tough out. So the division's not easy. It's not a cakewalk. It's no AFC oh, South. Oh no, I, it's it's I know it, it, it isn't. It isn't. I, I I probably overreacted there, but I mean, yep. I think that you know it's not the most. It's not the the toughest division by any means. It's no, you know, yep. it's it's no AFC West. So I think that. In their division, they might be like it, I don't know. It's it's going to be they're going to be borderline playoffs. Hmm. Yeah, like it wouldn't shock me if they miss the playoffs, but if they're back there again, that wouldn't really shock me either. Because you know Matt Ryan, if he plays like he did this year again, they're going to win nine games because he just he he played outstanding when you really look at the numbers uh, for a sustained amount of time. You mentioned the Chargers. I I agree. You know, no Mike McCoy. They've actually got someone that uh, will play calls better in, in key moments. Uh, seems to be a topic or a trend in this podcast, but, you know, they've, they've got a high draft pick. Bosa will hopefully play all 16 games. I, I, I just think that, you know, you, you look at the games that they blew, they, they could have made it. The only downfall is that they're playing a really tough division, which limits their ability to get, like, a high seed or even make the playoffs. But they're a team that, you know, on their day, like, they could beat anybody. Um, they really can, and... Uh, you know, depending oh, on just, just one, just one healthy season with Keenan Allen. Allen. Oh, please, that would be fantastic. But you know, they're secondary in the defense. I'm taking him in fantasy but, again. I'm taking him in fantasy oh, again. I, uh, hopefully, I get him before you. But uh, I, you know, Gus Bradley, they're in charge of their defense with you know with the amount of weapons that they have, and now they're pick seven as well. They could easily nab another edge rusher or, or a secondary player to. to help them. I like them. The Titans have a plethora of draft picks because of the trade last year. And Marcus Mariota is developing like crazy. So at fifty-one dollars, there, they can win a division and be saucy. Like I, it doesn't that doesn't surprise me either. Uh, so if, if they float out a little bit more, I wouldn't mind taking a little dabble at them as well. When you look at the when you look, I'm I'm not I know we're kind of getting a little sidetracked here, but you can see that you can see um, with like so many different teams, just like two pieces away from just becoming super competitive. It's, it's just about it's just about getting those right plays, whether or not it's yeah. you know, just trying to solidify your defense a little bit more or whatever. So I mean and, and I, I know I know this this seems like Philly bias, but imagine they just had two decent wide receivers. Like Exactly. Yeah. Uh, play people that could catch the ball instead of dropping it. And and on the other side of the foot, you two, you know, decent injuries are away from falling off the face of the earth. You know, you lose two of your best players and it really hurts you. Seattle, for example, you know, Earl Thomas and and Richard Sherman playing injured all year really, really hurt them. But, you know, unless you're the Patriots who can have this incredible system and set up, you know, they somehow get Gronk back next year, you, you can't help but wonder that they'll probably be there again next year. It, it would it would have been good to see how the Packers would have went if they had a full complement of players. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, they just... The amount of injuries in their secondary yeah, was just crazy. So a lot to look forward to for next season. We're going to take an extended break, as we said, and uh, we outlined our, uh, our plan moving forward. So uh, what, what's, what, are you, what are you watching in the offseason, apart from you know draft breakdown and, and looking at what wide receiver the Eagles are going to take it, pick uh, 14 or 15. By the way, our, uh, we're going to have a coin flip at the Combine for uh, involving our two teams, which is fun. <laughs> Do you think that should be the right way to go about it, or do you think they should? I think maybe they should have a series of coin flips, although I haven't been this excited for a coin flip since I took the tails in the Super Bowl, which that was uh, one of the ones that we got right. <laughs> yeah, remember? Tails never yeah, fails. fails. Well done. Uh, yeah, what, what's on the agenda uh, in the off-season for you? Well, well, like like you said, I am... Uh, last season, I was... Uh, very excited to watch. I mean, I'm always a, a cornerback kind of guy. I just like watching 
um, tape on uh, cornerbacks and safeties and wide receivers. That's essentially just I don't really care about the other positions. I'll leave that to someone else. You t- you tell me what a good a good defensive end should be doing with their hands and things like that. Like, fine. I'm not going to be- try to be an expert in that. But I don't know. I, I thoroughly enjoy watching trying to find the next uh, wide receiver. The next Nandi Asamoah. Like... <laughs> exactly. No, I this this I don't know. This free agency seems really weird. Like like every season, free agency kind of just it kind of starts off like uh, there's no one really that good, and then when you keep looking into it a little bit more, you're like, oh, actually they're not bad. Mm. And then by the end of it, people are just paying out their ass for players that are just nowhere near the price that they should be getting paid. But this, I don't know. this one is really, and we're going to get it. We'll, we'll get into it when we come back uh, after our break. Is this quarterback class in free agency is really interesting, and especially when you look at Tyrod Taylor. Like, if he, if the Bills release him, that's an off-season story that I'm really interested to watch because I think Hugh Jackson would love to have someone like Tyrod Taylor, and then that sends shockwaves through the draft because suddenly they're not picking quarterback at two and twelve, and it changes the entire fabric of the entire off-season. So that's something that I really want to watch. Uh, this offseason, and then maybe Colin Kaepernick because he's the type of quarterback that Hugh Jackson might like as well. So whether he will stay with Shanahan or, or what, that's that's something interesting to watch. So uh, that's something something to get excited about. What do you what do you what do you make of teams asking for players to pay, to take a pay cut? Uh, Are you like depending who it is? Like if they're if they're an old guy. And they've already made millions and millions in their career. Do you think, like, of course, it's everyone that everyone's entitled to just go, no, stick it. I signed this contract for for a reason, that kind of thing. But are you, like, for the benefit of the team, if you are being paid an insane amount of money for your age and things like that, are you are you, yeah, I, down for those players taking a pay cut or it's it's a catch twenty two because if you play for a bad team, then it's like you know what, I just want to, I want my money, like I deserve what I get. You know, have a limited window to make money, but then if yeah. you, if you're bleeding your team dry, they can't actually get any better because they're wasting cap money on you. But you know, the cap's going up and up anyway. But still, like you look at the Patriots, all these players take insane pay cuts to go and play with them, and that's why they've always got a strong fifty-three. Is because players like Chris Long and Kyle Van Noy and 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 things like that. You know, they they make play. They didn't quite make plays in the Super Bowl, but they made plays in the playoffs for them, and. They're on like tiny amounts because they want to win a ring, and and that's that's kind of like you know you got to do what you got to do. So I guess I I guess in any given situation it depends on the player how much they've earned, how much value they bring to your team. But uh, it's it is kind of rich asking players to take a pay cut when they're hurling their heads and bodies you know, through a car crash every snap. Yeah, and at, at the same time, it's always generally a player that's. Uh quite well on in age that they're asking to take a pay cut and things like that but then generally most of the time these players that are well on in their careers have been at this team for so long and then therefore deserve it as kind of like a loyalty thing to the team so it's just like a yeah like you said a catch 22 it gets a bit it's a wild web it gets I know but then again like if they're one of these players that you know is thick and thin a cult or an eagle or whatever like that they then pretty much essentially try to do anything they can to get that ring yep. for like a team that hasn't got one in a while or whatever. So, and look, know. and if if the team asks them to take a pay cut, you can always just uh, you know ring Bill Belichick and get league minimum and uh, help them win a Super Bowl again every year. <laughs> See, that, don't you think that's one thing? That is one thing that I've been kind of uh, that not not just me. It's like it's been uh, brandished about a bit that. So many teams are built on, um, like, trying to get these elite, elite talents, and then kind of just fill in the other spaces with whatever cash they have left. When the Patriots go out and get all these players that are just, you know, at that just above average level, and it just makes their team consistently stronger across the board. So it wouldn't surprise me if they went out and got Sam Shields because no one wanted to get him. Because they were concerned about his injury history, and he just performs well. Like, yeah, they, you know, imagine, imagine, it's an like, underrated imagine Sam element. Just, it, it, it is. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it's just uh, yeah. the guy's amazing, and yeah. You know, what do you think the Super Bowl would have been like if Gronk had played? Oh, who knows? Like, so, how so like, they... we 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 say we're like we're saying all this, but then like 
the, the Falcons wouldn't have been anywhere near they like what they were without Julio. Yes, and we also got to factor in. I know Gronk was out, but Desmond Trufant was out for the Falcons as well. And I know he's not Gronk level like, but he was by far and away their best corner and one of the best cornerbacks in the game. So he would have made a a huge difference because suddenly you have someone like Robert Alford on Julian Edelman instead of Brian Poole, and and it creates a little bit of a different mismatch. But that still, he would have been tired in the fourth quarter anyway. But you know, uh, we can talk what ifs and buts about this game, but at the end of the day. Uh, that's what happened, and uh, we just got to uh, move on. It's, uh, it's a new season starts today, my friend. It's already started, and as Bill Belichick said, we're five weeks behind everyone else in preparing for next season. The guy's a freak. Like... Yeah, I, I, that's all bullshit. It is, but, like, <laughs> but still, like the guy, the guy doesn't turn off. Like he's just a PR machine. Like it's just he just goes home and then just goes, God damn, I am the king. Yeah, he... <laughs> but. He goes home and uh, and watches tape. I bet you. <laughs> the uh, the storylines at the moment are just they're um, I don't know. This, this, what the fact that the Falcons are dominating the headlines right now. I'm like, really, I'm, my entire social media is Patriots everything, and it's been the worst. I actually, well, read half see, a book I don't, today. I don't get my news from social media. Essentially, I mean, I know Twitter is kind of social media, but it's not like your. Talking about general people, right? Oh, I don't know. I haven't been on Facebook in a long time since the Super Bowl. I just avoid it. Like even like every year in the Super Bowl, because suddenly everyone's a, a Patriots fan. Every every February fourth to seventh, like apparently they come out. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but like I, everything just seems to be coaching hires and what if for next season in regards to the Falcons. Yeah. Like I understand Falcons have had a terrific year, but I'm ready to move on just to the rest of the 32 teams. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready to talk about the Browns again, Josh. That's what I'm trying to get at. All right. I'm really well, ready to talk about well, that. Take a week off, refresh your mind. Everything else will, will slowly catch up with where you're at and uh, we'll come back and we'll talk some salary cap casualties and we'll talk about the I, Browns. I want, I, want, I want one, your opinion, whether or not, um, Antonio Brown will be with the Steelers. Will he stay with the Steelers? Yes, it's a ridiculous narrative. It's ridiculous. Uh, he'll be there. I don't know. They're not going to cut him. Just teams are inquiring about him right now. Uh, give give up your first three draft picks for him, and then you can have him. But no, uh, he he will be with the Steelers. It's utterly ridiculous. Big Ben will be back as well. He's just an attention seeker. Uh, you know, everything will be fine. Uh, look, I'd be more worried about Le'Veon Bell getting suspended again, probably. <laughs> Alright man, uh, we, uh, thought we were gonna finish with it the hour and then we, uh, we got sidetracked as we do. Uh, so, uh. Hey! It's, we had a lot to talk about. Um, well, we may as well. I'll just ask you quickly, what do you do on Saturday night? You wanna hang out? Why not? You and, you and the missus free? Um, I don't know, I'll get back to you on that one. All right, I, don't, cool. I don't know, I haven't seen her. This I isn't a bit, I'm being serious. Proposed. Like, I actually. Wanna... Haven't seen us since I proposed. So uh, we went out on Sunday. So, no. um, all right. <laughs> <laughs> As always, you can follow me on Twitter at jynfl. You can follow Woot at Woot etc. You can follow the show at Woot and Y, and uh, you can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Wooshka, and iTunes. A big thanks to everybody that came to Lunar Bowl One, and a big thanks to Billy and the team for having a uh, fantastic day and all the work they put in. And uh, we can't wait for next year. It was insane. Peace out.